Hello and welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. I'm joined today by two very special guests, and I shall leave it up to you, gentle listener, to decide who is more special. My first special guest is Mr. Lee Batrick from Bendy Boards. Hello. And my second special guest is Mr. Justin Gibbs from Weird. Hello there. So, I'm not sure who's more special. I'll let someone else wear that. <laughs> it's going to be Justin, isn't it? It is going to be Justin, yes. Sorry, Lee. <laughs> I'm used to it. Oh, I still love you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, Justin has joined us for um, our semi-traditional, we used to do it on Malifools and now we do it on Fools Daily, um, post-Gen Con chat. No, not post. That would be bef- after. Pre-Gen Con chat. Um, about all the goodies that Weird is going to have there. Um, or at least the ones Justin knows about, remember? Models, production, doesn't do that bit. Do I still get to ask, just in case? I'm sure you I'm sure you can. <laughs> we, you know, we know a shed load of stuff already, though, because I'm going to talk about Dark Carnival. Ah. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had you on, Justin. I think it was sort of around the beta time yeah. when we last had you. Yeah, it sounds about right. I think we had a conversation about avatars. Yep. So, Shifting Loyalties is the name of the new book. Um, how do you feel about it? I'm really happy with it. Uh, I think it's my favorite book that I've worked on so far. Um, we got some good writing. Uh, we put lots of time into the editing. Um, we got the new uh, graphic layout. It looks a little more graphically. Um, it looks a little more similar to the Through the Breach books. Um, so, I, I, it's just it's a beautiful book. Um, just visually, but the the writing is great. Um, we continue the ongoing story in there, um, and I really like how that's shaped up. Uh, really happy with the campaign system. I'm a fan of all of the models that I wrote. I think I did a very good job. I might be biased. I'm very biased. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm very happy with it. Excellent. And. Is it? Is this the first one? I mean, have you had more control over this book than you've had over the previous ones? I mean, uh, no. Or um, is it the same level of oversight, etc.? No, I uh, I probably actually had the most control over Crossroads. Um, well, just to go through the history of it, uh, I started work on Malfo uh, when we brought it into second edition. So obviously, I did work on the the core second edition book, and that was myself and Mac Martin. Um, and I worked extensively on the rules, but he did a lot of the layout type stuff um, and kept uh, care of the files. Um, with Crossroads, I did the uh, the rules design. I also did the layout, um, you know, and hired the writers and and the editing and all that. So I, I probably did the most on Crossroads. On this one, um, I still designed all the rules, and I sort of templated the layout. Like, I picked where things went, but then we had a professional graphic designer go over it and make sure that it looked even better um, because I'm, I'm not a professional graphic designer. So I, technically I had a little less control, but I had a lot more help. Um, and I think it turned out great. Awesome. Cool. So I suppose one question people want to know ask is what has changed since the beta? Um, let's see here. Model-wise, I added Last Blossom to the Jorogumo. Um, that's the giant spider oni thing. Uh, in its uh, fluff, in its bio, it talks about how Masaki hired them to bring them over. 
Um, and I think that we could use an extra Blast Blossom minion, so you'll get to see them using her uh, her teleport all over the board, so that'll be fun. Um, also, on its Venomous Bite, it ignores armor and hard to wound. And in the beta, I believe it only ignored armor. So, that model got better. Did it go up, or did it stay the same? It stayed the same. Mm. Yeah. It is lacking a little bit at the end of the beta, I think. Um, Model-wise, I think that's about it. Uh, Campaign-wise, let's see here. I made the change of station an always available upgrade, so uh, upgrading your minions and peons is a lot easier. So you can give them things like Gatling guns and whatnot easier, make them enforcers so they can take all that cool equipment. Yeah. Uh, so that was a that was a relative. That's probably the biggest change. Another uh, some tweaks and stuff like that, but that's probably the biggest deal. Cool. And did you get to generate a name for Missing No? Yes. <laughs> she is Anna Lovelace. So Anna Lovelace. The original uh, name was supposed to be nod to Lizzie Borden and Linda Lovelace. Um. And Linda Lovelace. No, Linda Lovelace was the problem. Uh, uh, Lizzie Borden and Anna... God, I can't talk. Ada Lovelace, <laughs> the scientist. Ada Lovelace and Lizzie Borden. Because um, you got the science and you got the murder and we combined them. But then it turned out it sounded a lot like Linda Lovelace, whom I had never heard of until we did the beta. And there was lots of uh, stuff. So we changed the name. Anyway, now she's Anna, because that sounds a lot more like Ada than it does like Linda the tongue twister. A giant offensive tongue twister. <laughs> the joys of being a games designer. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> is there anything else in the book that we don't know about, or is it just the stuff? Um, the book is pretty well known so far as the game content. Uh, we do definitely have the story. Yep. So we have a 10,000-word story for each faction, and in that sense, it's laid out similarly to Crossroads, because Crossroads, you had a 5K story for each master and then the models. Um, but we also have a 20,000-word story that continues the the larger storyline uh, that sort of dropped off at the end of first edition. Um, and so you get to find out what happens to all of those characters um, and why we can't use avatars anymore. So, so that'll be... Ah, right, yes. That, someone dies, don't they? Yeah. Oh, God, you keep stealing what I'm going to say. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, go in then, you say it. No, no, you said it now, I'm going to sulk. Fine. So who dies, Justin? Uh, I'm not going to... I'm not going <laughs> to... Spoil that much. That was worth it. It's going to be Leviticus, do you know why? Because he can come back to life. No, because I keep playing him. Whatever master I've chosen, it's gonna something bad's gonna happen. Well, what happened to your other masters? Nothing. Well, apart from the fact you got bored of them. Well, you're true. <laughs> They're dead to him. Yes, <laughs> they are indeed dead to him. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Um. Okay. Cool. So, big story, overriding story arc again. Um, that'd be nice. I like that. It, does it have um, specific scenarios again for uh, the you know the, for the main game the same way as uh, 
last one. It does not. Um, I did. We just sort of ran out of time on that. Uh, it's something right. I would have liked to add, but it wasn't that important. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff going on, so uh, we skipped that bit. But you do have the whole uh, campaign system, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I must admit. What the campaign? Yeah, yeah. I think I think so, and it'll be it'll be good to to get one up and running with it permanently done. Did it, I mean, so it's pretty much the same apart from those minor tweaks that you said, Justin, yeah? Yeah, yeah, more or less. Um, it's possible there's something that I'm forgetting, but I don't think so. It's basically what you saw at the end of the beta. Um, a few weeks before the end of the beta, you'll notice there were some big changes, uh, but they were based on, you know, the feedback we were getting in the beta, so... And so let's talk about the campaign system because I love campaign systems, as I've said before. How do you feel it it came out? Did it did it achieve everything that you wanted it to do? Yeah, I think it did. Um, I I think a campaign system needs to be it really needs to have some meat on it. You know, it needs to give you some variety. Uh, you need to really be able to feel like you are tailoring your crew and you have some choices for your models. Um, and you need to, to care when they die. And I think we accomplished that. Um, and, and I think the giant challenge is balancing them. Uh, because that's just that's a very difficult thing to do with a changing system like that. It's also difficult to do with a game like Malifaux that's already established, right? I couldn't design a whole system from the ground up where maybe the models start a little bit more bland and then get more powerful. Obviously, they start at Malifaux level. Um, so that was a bit of a challenge, but I think, uh, I, I think it does everything that I wanted it to. I think the injuries are unique and varied and interesting and will definitely change up how you play. I think that the rewards are very cool and I think people will really enjoy things like, and even silly things, right? Like giving your ice golem a jet pack. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Who has an ice golem, right? Like, so I, I think it'll allow people to tailor their crews and create really fun stories that they'll talk about later, which, which is the point to me. Yeah. <clears throat> it's going to be able to take Malifaux sort of club level and stuff. People you play against regularly is just change it enough. So you're not always doing when you're playing, you're not always doing tournament prep or stuff like that. Isn't it? You can take it to a sort of different way of playing a game. Yes. Yeah, that's certainly what it sounds like to me. Yeah. I mean, what what are your hopes for the community to, with regards to the campaign, Justin? I mean, are you are you hoping for narrative narrative campaign reports on the weird forums and things, or are you just hoping that people have a fun time with it? I mean, I yeah, I just hope people have a fun time with it, um, and it'll vary from group to group. Some people will completely ignore it. You know, it'll be their thing. They'll look at it and say, these are optional rules. We're going to opt not to use them. Um, other people will be all about them. I'm sure that there are people who will be drawn into the game because of it. You know, people who maybe played Mordheim or Necromunda or whatnot back in the day. They say, hey, this looks like something we might enjoy. And they pick up the entire game because of the campaign system. Um, I could see that happening. Uh, I could see narrative reports um, and I'm not promising anything, but like maybe if it really takes off, we could do some worldwide events that kind of revolve around it a little bit. Um, maybe we could add new unique things in the Chronicles later on. So part of it just depends on like what the community does with it, like where it goes. 
but as far as you know what i want to see i just want people to enjoy it like that's that's the that's the thing i care about all right so also coming at gen con starter set yes Ooh. Um, so you want me to give you kind of a like a rundown of uh, what'll come in it? Yeah. yeah. All right. So you've got uh, eight models, uh, four guild, four Neverborn. On the guild side, you have Doctor Stanley Grimwell, uh, and two of his orderlies, and Nurse Heartsbane. On the uh, Neverborn side, you have Angel Eyes, two Blood Wretches, and the Scion of Black Blood. Um, and the Neverborn, uh, Angel Eyes and the Scion have been sort of turned into, uh, Nephilim similar to Tuco, if you're familiar with that storyline. Um, and so they actually have guns and, and sort of human weapons, so it's more of a ranged crew. And the guild side are actually faster in close combat, so you kind of switch up the dynamics there, so it'll be like, interesting to existing guild and Neverborn players, because they sort of fill a unique niche within the faction. Um, even though they're... They're simplified models, right? So we had to kind of think of how we wanted to get older players interested. So this is how we did it. They're they're simpler, um, which is a turnoff for some people, but they they fill that sort of unique role, which I like. Um, and Doctor Grimwell has a skull saw, which looks really cool in his art. So I'm a fan of that. Um, you also get the uh, two player starter booklet, which walks you through how to play the game, um, one game at a time. So game one, you each take one model. And it tells you how to do a duel and how to do damage. So you just keep hitting each other until one of the models dies. Uh, then game two, you get two models and it, it tells you about activations. Here's how an activation works. And then it, you know, adds, here's this model and it has zero actions and sort of builds up until you know how to play Malifaux. Um, so that's how the starter booklet works. Uh, I, I hope it came out good. Um, you also get two fate decks. Um, and cool thing about these fate decks, they're very much designed for ease of use. They have the weak, moderate, severe on them. They have slightly larger printing, so they're easier to read. And the jokers have the rules printed right on them, um, so they're easier for new players. Uh, I like those fate decks a lot. And so then, now I'm going to have to get one just to get a new fate. Deck. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I would. Um, so uh, let's see, and tape measures. Um, so that's. And, of course, the stat cards and upgrades and a couple quick reference cards, too. So you get everything you need to play, um, some new models. Um, and another cool thing about the models is they all have the mercenary characteristic, and they're all rare. So Grimwell, Dr. Grimwell is rare one, the orderlies are rare two, etc., etc. So if you are an existing player, like, and let's say you had made a list where it's like, I really want to take three orderlies. Now I need to go buy two starter sets. You'll never find yourself in that situation. Um, we didn't do that to you. Um, but they all are mercenaries. So if you're new and you get into it and you're looking at it and you're like, I don't really want to play Neverborn or Guild. I want to go play Rezzers because um, you're sensible. Um, you can still use some of the models from the starter set in the, the new faction that you've chosen. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the starter set in a nutshell. Excellent. So, for experienced Malifaux players, what do you, what do you think it brings to you? I mean, it brings obviously it brings new models, and it sounds like the dynamics of those models bring things to the factions that those factions sort of traditionally have. I mean, don't have. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, is that is that 
their sort of selling point to the to an existing you know existing player base. Yeah, that, that would basically be the selling point. Is you know new models uh, they look really cool and they do something that your faction isn't necessarily great at. Um, also, cool fate decks, and of course, like if you want to teach somebody how to play, or you ever find yourself in that situation where doing a demo, obviously a very useful thing to have um, because then you can just walk them through the uh, the starter booklet. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest draw for older players, I'd assume, would be the models. Awesome. Cool. I'm interested in the faint decks, at least. As in, not just at least, but, you know, you know what I mean. Oh, shush. <laughs> I'm talking to myself again. I'll, I'm just it's alright, right, right, Justin. Lee's just dismissing your life's work. Yeah. Throwing it out. No, don't say that, don't say that, you know. I like the artwork bits. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I have to get it, don't I? You do, because you did do a lot of work, yeah. you and your missus. Did yeah, yeah. I, sh- I should say Lee was uh, a great help. You got the, you you made your poor wife play Malifaux yes, over that... and over and over again. <laughs> I think she went through the start set seven times. That's impressive. Seven different things. Do you realize I had to paint the entire house different colors and put up with a feature wall because of it? <laughs> I... Weird thanks you for your service. <laughs> she's never looked at a model again, I must admit. Maybe I'll be able to get her interested when she sees the book. Yeah. Cool. Um, what, else, what else did I have to ask about? Uh... Well, I know there's a crew you want to talk about, Mike. Go on then. Well, you only, no, I stole your thunder earlier, so why don't you? I don't, because I'm desperately talk. looking through the thing because I can't remember what it's called. Dark Carnival, that's one. Dark it? Carnival. Yeah. What can you tell us about Dark Carnival, Justin? Um, well, I mean, it's the Nightmare Crew for Colette, so it uses all of Colette's rules. Uh, rules are kind of my thing, so, so for me, it kind of ends there. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I think the idea, I think Aaron came up with it. Um, and it's something you see people talk about on the forums a lot. Like, if you go into the, the new model, the exciting new model thread, or, or what is it, where people are pitching ideas, like, half of them are for, like, carnival stuff. So um, I think it's really hitting that niche for a lot of people. Um, and I think the models came out awesome. Like, if, if I uh, if I were, if I had to buy models, um, <laughs> I would probably get it just to use the monkeys and the mannequins in a Colette crew. Just because I think those are awesome, and I think Colette should always use flying monkeys when possible. Um, but on top of that, everything in it I think is fantastic. Uh, actually, made, got Nathan to make a a clown, which is impressive. Well, yeah. How did you manage that? I'm not sure. I think that's a question for Aaron. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. Because um, Nathan had always said, "No, ne- Malifaux will never have clowns." Yeah, it's actually censored on the forums in part because of me. I used to spam that word. That's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened there. I mean, it's, it's very, very impressive. See, we have to get Aaron on because that's very impressive to, to get Nathan to agree to do that. Um, so it's just, so it basically is just, um, a, a alt collect crew. It is. Um, very cool. just, it just like our, our other models where you'll have the, the, uh, the name of the alternate on the front and the name of the original on the back. And you have a little blurb that says counts as, you know, Colette in every way, dot, dot, dot. 
Yeah. Everywhere. Actually, I don't think we could fit the dot 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 on the Mastercard because there's so much text. It just says every way, and it's like down way at the bottom, but it's on there. Um. But yeah. So I mean, I've thought of one other thing. I mean, Gencon and the Miss model. And it tie, it ties in. I suppose it ties in with the the Linda Lovelace debate as well. Um, you put there's a new Miss model coming, and I can't even remember her name now. Miss and Throat. That's it. Um, and all of a sudden, the forums went crazy about this model because she's wearing a short skirt. And it's something, some cosplay thing, and then the whole gender politics thing raised its head. What's your take on it? I mean, is it? I mean, you said you said that you had more women were employed at Weird than you had men, or what? That might be an error in it. Aaron might said be attributing, that. I might be attributing the contents wrong. Aaron, where, what's it, where do you sit on that whole model? Because it's not like it's a cheesecake model. It's just wearing a short skirt. Um, on that. Uh, particular, I think there's more to it than that. Um, I don't think that particular model by itself in a vacuum is really an issue. Um, but what I do think is important is having equal representation, um, in our game, right? Uh, women make up half the population. It makes sense. They make up half the population of Malifaux. Um, they come in lots of different shapes and sizes. It makes sense they'd be in lots of different shapes and sizes in Malifaux. Um, beautiful women exist. Some of them enjoy wearing short skirts. It makes sense to have beautiful women in short skirts in Malifaux. I don't think that alone is an issue. Um, there were some issues raised about cosplay, but, I mean, to be blunt, I take no part in that particular subsection of our hobby, so I am ignorant. Um, if it is an issue with cosplay, I apologize but i i don't know about that um so the model itself i don't think is an issue that being said there were some points raised that i think are legitimate um i think we could have more female minion models than we do um i think that we could have more varied body types than we do um and we have talked about changing that internally um so, uh, you know, I, I, I think that there were some legitimate points raised and we looked at it and said, yeah, we could do a little bit more of this. Um, but the model itself, I think, is is fine. <laughs> I don't really have an issue with it personally. Cool. And I certainly for me, when I'm looking at that sort of model, my question is always show it to my wife and my daughters and say, is this fine? And if they say no, then I don't buy it. And if they say, sure, don't care, then I buy it. Do you do the same with your wife? Do you, and those sorts of things, do you say, what do you think? Uh, my wife would always say, sure. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she, she, she really enjoys Teddy beyond that. Like, so long as I keep typing on the computer and my paychecks keep showing up, she doesn't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> You could do yes, dear. You could do whatever. Just keep paying the rent. Yeah, basically. You see, my wife's very similar. Apart from she just says, "Tidy your stuff up." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't let the baby chew on the models, etc. Not that that has been an issue 
Well, not yet. <laughs> no, not yet. It's, when, it's, it's, when they, it's when they start going, can I paint like daddy, please? Oh, yeah. That's when it starts getting messy because painting always involves not just a model, but everything else. Yeah, it should. It should. Oh, I remembered. I, I almost forgot. I made one more change. Oh. Um, Rules wise, I re- completely rewrote uh, Yan Lo's Conflux. So the Conflux upgrades are the upgrades that you attach to uh, the emissaries, um, and each one is key to a specific master. Um, yep. So. Yeah, Lo's got a rework. Uh, his now makes him into an ancestor um, and has a little blurb on there about how summoning it back would work. Um, basically, it just, it just makes it work so you can summon it back because otherwise the upgrade would get discarded when it dies and blah, 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 whatever. So it makes it so it functions. Um, it limits the casting to seven from the chi condition for its attack action because otherwise, as an ancestor, it could get chi and have like a 10 attack. That'd be ridiculous. Uh, but it can get Chi and get up to a 7 attack, which is pretty good. And so long as it's in play, Yanlo's melee is increased by 1, so it'll improve his uh, his brutal Kakara... I can't really pronounce it. Attack. Kakara. Yeah, so long as it's in play. So Yanlo gets a little boost on that upgrade, effectively, so long as he takes the Emissary. It's an ancestor, so it benefits from all those tricks. And it's the only ancestor that has a casting attack action um well that does damage so yeah i think that'll be pretty cool yeah definitely sounds very cool um right so what are you working on now justin (laughs) you've done all that stuff that was ages ago yeah what's what's next for you Uh, i'm trying to think of what i can talk about not much. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I can talk about anything I'm working on right now. Um, now I'm thinking about like Gen Con 2016, and yeah, can't quite talk about that. Try. <laughs> yeah. I did try. Oh well. That would have been nice, but. You can't talk about. You must be able to talk about something. Is it another book, Justin? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll make another. There, book. there you go. See, <laughs> look, we got an exclusive. Yeah, Justin's working on a next book. <laughs> um, but Morning needs some help because he's very underpowered. Yeah, apparently, and 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 could do with do with some some more poison. Not not necessarily poison givers, but some things to boost his willpower and stuff. Because people keep paralyzing him like meanies. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they shouldn't. They shouldn't do that. They shouldn't do that, that's, should they? It's really on them. He should be able to take Francisco when he's in Rezzas. <laughs> so actually, actually, what, I, you had to catch the zombie there. Francisco. Yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> um, actually, we were joking. We were joking before we started about Levy. Yeah, and um. The you know the rise of the outcasts and certainly in in tournaments you see a lot of outcasts and neverborn seem to be moving into that. I'm hesitant to use the word tier because it always creates a lot of um, angst. But do you think that? How do you feel two years on from the first book and and a, I mean a year on from wave two? 
how do you feel the balance level in the game is? I mean, from your observations. Um, I think it's pretty good. I think it's about as good as we could have hoped for. Um, to be blunt, with any miniatures game, you're always going to have tears. Um, I'll use the I'll use the forbidden word. Um, you're going to, right? It's not always going to be 100% perfectly balanced. Um, there's always going to be something out there that's just a touch too good, um, you know, a touch too bad. I mean, it's just such a, a huge varied system with so many moving parts um, that you're not going to hit it 100% perfectly. Um, and I think every war game is that way. And I think also... Pretty much every player kind of knows that. Like, yeah, you're going to have your top-tier masters, you're going to have a mid-tier, you're going to have a bottom-tier, but what you want to do is you want to, you know, A, make those tiers as close as possible. So you can beat a top-tier master with a low-tier master if you play well. Um, you know, you, you might need a little luck, but, you know, maybe the win rate disparity is they win 57% of the time and you only win 43 and a mid-tier master would really win 45% of the time. I don't know. But it's about sort of decreasing that disparity. Um, and B, it's about making sure that there are niches that pretty much every master can fit in. So, you know, maybe people think that master, you know, Y is, is very bad, but when this certain strategy comes up, he's actually a really good choice. Right, so he's a bad choice four out of five times, but that fifth time you actually do really want him. I mean, so so long as you decrease that disparity and make sure that there are opportunities for even lower tier stuff to shine, I think that's that's about as good as you're going to get a war game. And I think Malfoy does a very good job of that. Um, now there are obviously uh, some models that are a little bit more powerful than others. People are talking about them. Um, like you said, there's lots of discussion about uh, Levy. Uh, the Mech Rider, uh, Colette has come up recently. Um, and, you know, maybe those are the top-tier masters, right? Uh, except for the Mech Rider. Uh, it would be very disturbing if that were top-tier master. Um, but That would be, che- be cheating. That would be, that'd be, yeah. That, then it's definitely overpowered. Um, but um, in addition to that being okay, like, that can just be okay. Like, yes, Colette is a top-tier master. She's very good. But she doesn't absolutely trounce the low-tier stuff. There are situations where she's not the optimal choice. That's okay. Um, it's also possible that, you know, Colette and Levy are broken. Um, it's also possible that this is just sort of the flavor of the month, um, which I think is very much the case with Leviticus in particular. Um, his box set just came out. It looks awesome. Well, relatively speaking, just came out. It looks awesome. Um he has a very wide uh, range of models that he can select from. Um, he's a hard master to anticipate. So, like, if you don't know him well, it's hard to play against him. Um, so that can make him appear a little bit stronger than he is. Um, so there are a lot of factors in his favor to make him appear stronger than he is. And then on top of that, he is very strong. So it's kind of hard to tell if he's really top tier or if he maybe even mid tier is he broken? It's 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 hard to tell right now. Um, and one of the things I say when people are like demanding an errata or whatnot is I would probably only errata this master for a balanced reason if I felt it was the best master in the game. And is Leviticus the best master in the game? Uh, you know, I'm very hesitant to make that call, and frankly, wouldn't until 
probably a year out from now until people have had another good year to play with him until Colette has come out in plastic and gotten to challenge him until Ulix has come out. Ulix, I think is a very powerful master that almost nobody is talking about because almost nobody plays him. But in a few months, I guarantee you they will be talking about it. Um, so yeah, until everything has gotten onto the table to give him a proper run for his money, and I have seen how that goes, I would not consider um, making any sort of errata. Um, anyway, to your original question, like, am I happy? Yes. Cool. Well, I can't ask for more than that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I kind of <laughs> rambled on for a while. Well, no, I mean, it, I, I mean, certainly... I TO a lot more than I play these days. But I don't see that domination. I see the same players dominating rather than the masters dominating. Right. And I've seen those players dominate with different mo- different masters rather than um uh you know that particular master that they use gives them the the edge. So we have a we have a player here, John, um who uses the Vix. And he can either smash face on a day or be rubbish, and it's completely dependent on how those cards flip. Yeah, and because he is, he uses them as the ultimate glass hammer. They either destroy you, or they go fut, and then you go ha, and then they're all dead. Yeah, I think what Justin said. You know, we're going to see Brewmaster hitting soon. Up, you know, in tournament soon. Now he's out. After Gen Con, you'll be seeing a lot of Colette and stuff, and. I think now they're going to be more readily available. I think you will just see the the newer stuff sitting on top for a while as, until people have got rid of it. You know, got learned how to get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. I think you. I think you definitely see that. Um, I think you guys also have sort of a, a different take on it um, on your side of the pond than we do, because uh, I think Leviticus is mostly a U.S. problem. I don't. I don't see too many U.K. players complaining about him. Um, too often, at least people that I know are from the UK. I don't know where everybody on the forums is from. Uh, but that's that's the way it seems to me. And I think maybe because uh, you guys get together for larger events and you have sort of a more varied meta, you know. Whereas over here, people are a little bit more spread out. So you have all these individual stores where like one Leviticus player pops up and nobody knows how to beat it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was kind of thinking on that. That's just something that I've noticed. Yeah, that's probably a, a a fair thing. As we say, as I was saying, I mean, the, the same people dominate here, mm-hmm. regardless of what they're using. So you do get to know who those who they you know who those people are. Right. And it's not the it's not the master that they're using that's that causes the issue. It's just the fact that they're good. Curse them. <laughs> and their skill. That's right. right. Don't worry. One of them's retired, hasn't he? I feel like they'll all retire, and then I can be champion. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, no. I've told you before. Know. If you want to be champion, all you've got to do is alter the rankings. That's true. I just have to make stuff up. <laughs> um. Right. Well, I think we should let uh, Justin go. Is there anything you want to say? Tell us, and any little spoilers you want to give us before you go, Justin. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's anything that. I can. I think. I think I've given you everything that I can give you. That's fair enough. <laughs> and I've got to ask: 
do you know if there's any extra models and stuff coming that haven't been released yet? <laughs> Probably. Hey, that's better than last time. <laughs> it is. It is. Because the ones I want, because it's the, it's the boxes that I want to see. You know, the minion boxes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I need to know. Necropunks, please. Please, please, plastic necropunks. They're coming soon, though, aren't they? They're on the release schedule, aren't they? Are they on the release schedule? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, but the release schedule doesn't mean anything, does it? I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> I'm a good boy. But again, to be fair, though, even if it was Justin's area of responsibility, I couldn't blame him because boats out of China and port strikes in LA, there's not a lot that anyone <laughs> can do about those. No, true. Right. Well, thank you, as always, Justin. It was great it's being been here. a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And uh, with that, I have been Mike. I have been Lee. And I have been Justin. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter. We're at Fools Underbar Daily. Or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com.